Welcome to Fintech Fun. Fintech Fun is a podcast where Australian fintechs come to share their stories. Hi, it's Chris Titley, and as part of the Fintech Fun podcast series, I'm joined by Tim Poskett, uh, Country Head, Country Manager, ANZ of Investment Yodley. Tim, thanks so much for being part of this series. Hi, Chris. Thanks to be here, and uh, great work on the uh, many podcasts and to fantastic work. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Now, the last time we caught up was at the Intersect Festival, uh, where there's lots of fintechs in the room getting together, and... Uh, and I think you're a little bit jet lagged. I seem to recall. What was the, you'd been over overseas? Yes, I had. It was good to uh, certainly good to be back at Insect, and I think uh, everyone can say it was um, the amount of energy in the room. And I think uh, you know everyone was po- post lockdown is certainly um, you know looking for another great um, fintech event. And I'm even speaking to Rehan. I think the event was oversubscribed. So yeah, it was a really good week and um, catch up with a lot of people and some fantastic conversations. Yeah, and before that, luckily I managed to get a couple of weeks in uh, in Europe. So uh, jet lag, but uh, don't, don't feel too bad for me. <laughs> no, excellent. And, and, and lots of fintechs collaborating under one roof. I see your team is also very, very present. What uh, What's happening at the moment in fintech? And you tell us a little bit about what, what your company is up to and, and what you're seeing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we had a full a full team down there, and it was a really, as I mentioned, really valuable week. Um, so, for people who don't know um, who I am and the company Investnet Yodley, so Investnet Yodley is a leader in global data aggregation and open banking. Um, we've been operating in Australia and in New Zealand over twelve years now. So, we were one of the first data aggregators operating in a um, non-CDR environment within Australia and we're fully licensed now under fully open banking. We have our first couple of clients live under open banking which you would have seen both WeMoney and Lumiance have recently been announced and we've got a couple more that we're very excited to announce in the coming weeks. So um, what is hot for us at the moment? I mean it's definitely all um, open banking and open finance related. You know we're very excited about some of the revised rulings through the through the ACCC and through Treasury, um, we certainly will participate when when permissible under the you know broader open finance regime. And we're looking at a number of additional products and services right now. And then some of the use cases we've we've also seen out of Europe and, and the US um, around broader open finance. Um, but more broadly, I think we're seeing a lot of really exciting Australian fintechs that go all the way from wealth tech, prop tech, ed tech, financial wellness, who are looking to access um, open banking data, but globally. So we're really well placed and helping a number of exciting organizations who, who are wanting to take their organizations overseas, or they may be overseas already, and how we can power them in a non, for example, Australian geographical sense where they're looking to go into Singapore or they're looking to go in South Africa or, or the US or Canada. So open banking in Australia, I think, is our fourth open banking regime globally. So we're working very closely with the government in the UK, in the US and in Canada. So we're very familiar with open banking rollouts and it's um, complexity. It's sort of uh, contained in that, but ultimately very exciting time at the moment. And Tim, you mentioned uh, yeah, open banking is it's very strong and prominent in terms of use cases and 
an application year. So I think I've interviewed you in a past life, probably closer to sort of July 1, 2020, when open banking sort of became a thing. But if you sort of ask people on the street what open banking is, they sort of do a bit of a shrug still because it's not mainstream adoption. Do you want to give the listeners a little bit of a 101 on why you're excited about it? Yeah, sure. And, and you're right in the sense of, you know, the average consumer on the street, what do they know about open banking and how ultimately is it going to benefit them? Ultimately, the the art and the concept of open banking and open finance is to allow the individual on the street, both Tim Poskett and Chris Titley, to be able to have a better financial life ultimately and to provide them with a better better opportunities for products and services be that the mortgages be it personal loans be it credit cards to ultimately have exposure to a broader set of solutions that are available to them um australia is unique in the sense that it has you know the four some of the largest banks in the world that that um ultimately have you know over 80 percent of the retail deposit market in australia and clearly you know that brand loyalty of the big four bank in Australia is continuing to you know to be shown. So ultimately, it's about providing the consumer access to a their own data that they can have better insights off their own transactional data. And what does that mean? It's you know Tim is spending X amount of money on fuel and petrol on a weekly basis, or Chris is spending you know over amount of money on his credit card bill each month, and that could be capitalised by if he was using that 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 data in a better way and you know a great example mm. of this is um the financial wellness platform we money where um you know we were their um first data provider in australia and they're using open banking data exclusively to to ultimately to help better consumers to get more financial products um that meet their profile in in risk profile but also their their appetite so it's ultimately helping the consumer have better solutions available to them. And Tim, we've gone through this this global health pandemic over the last couple of years and there's been a sort of a, a bit of a, a structural change when it comes to uh, fintechs broadly speaking with different products like Buy Now, Pay Later and then now probably with, with – uh, so many interest rate rises, even another one today, that there's a big focus on sort of personal financial management and one's budgeting and one balance sheet and their sort of investment apps. Are you partnering with some of these fintechs that are coming up with some of these ideas to try and better the consumer? And, and again, how do you kind of switch that into what you guys are really good at in terms of open banking and, 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 and really putting the plugs in place? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yes, you're right. We have a 25% base rate increase today. I think we were forecast 50% 50 basis points. So, um, with it, I think it's the sixth consecutive. Slightly break. better off than someone had hoped, I'd imagine. Yeah. I think the share market uh, ticked up nicely. But um, I think there was one sole CBA analyst that said 25 basis points seems to be quite happy today that he got it right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so 100% right. So, I think, you know, even if I, you know, uh, my myself, you know, very much checking our accounts now, checking what our mortgage rate is, checking what our mortgage rate is going to go to, what does that impact, you know, disposable income, what does that impact on our, you know, monthly allowance, what can we then do? And it, it's it's becoming, you know, even more so. We know, you know, the rate of inflation is, not, if I'm not mistaken, approaching circa 9% now in Australia, whilst it's not as high as the, 
mid teens in in some parts of Europe, but it, it, it certainly is. So people are feeling the pinch for a better word now more than ever. And I think ultimately that is in people are having a better um, checking of their financial position. So there are a number of solutions, you know, in the market that are a from a financial wellness perspective, but b from a um, wealth tech wealth, you know, investing in your wealth planning that we've been powering with, you know, there's the likes of Finder who have a, a really good tool and they have a lot of focus around um, crypto technologies as well. There's also, you know, the leading, one of the leading banks, um, Ubank, who have a great a, a feature that allows you to bring in your non-Ubank data, Formula 86400, into that particular space that gives you a one single point of view in your financial position. And they're really trying to do things differently now and I think really trying to bring in some of the additional data sets that they haven't done before. And they're just examples of a couple of organizations that we've, that we've um, been working with now for a number of years. Um, but then also, you know, most recently the likes of Lumion in regards to financial planning and having a better technology um, so um, around this. And I think this will be even more so, um, even more so, um, and we're seeing going forward and also, you know, one thing that we're doing as we try and look around the broader financial ecosystem is about how not only can we provide organizations data to be able to make decisions, but actually how can we help organizations with being able to embed financial services tools into their into their solutions. So with the growth of embedded finance and also the the you know the additional solutions around there about how they can have better savings plans and savings for gold then ultimately it's uh, this huge amount of areas of growth that we're seeing in the market currently. Yeah, now just on that uh, embedded finance, it's interesting or sort of, you know, even even a buzzword as banking as a service a couple of years ago when I was probably interviewing you or, or first met you, it was kind of a buzzword. I think Walmart had just launched their banking as a service. I think Afterpay had just launched theirs. But it seems to have fizzled a little bit in terms of non-financial service providers providing banking services. It, keen to know your thoughts on on that sector, and uh, and also I suppose you know the you mentioned about the big four trust that seems to have been a bit a bit stronger in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think so, and I think um, ultimately some of the barriers to entries for potential neo banks and beyond has been extremely high. So I think you've only just got to pick up the the financial press and and, and look at. You know some of the um the challenges for neo banks. I think there was uh, some news overnight with bank um I think it's Bank North in in the UK. It was attacking the oh um, yes in Manchester. Yep, the, yep. Where, where, which I know very well, and I went to university in Manchester. So I spent many uh many 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 times there. And ultimately, um, the cost of capital and the barriers to entries of of a both consumer but also SME banks where. But, you know, it's proved extremely hard and, you know, there's been lots of, I think, you know, well-documented press what's happened not only in Australia um, with the likes of, you know, Vault and beyond, but I think it's also well seen if you look at what's happening in the UK and in the US in terms of, 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 of neobanks and their um, some strong challenges that they've had in terms of putting new solutions in, into market and ultimately the cost of capital. Um, we have obviously Revolut who have done extremely well globally and have built a fantastic footprint, especially across APAC as well. And, and they're looking at obviously going into Australia now and have a number of solutions. But I think the 
the barriers to entries for sort for some of these um you know challenger banks neo banks has been seen and ultimately the opportunity for to if i'm a you know a non-financial services organization to have an embedded finance feature in that um mm. still still prevails today and that may be you know that service can be everything broad. Is it a credit card facility? Is it just a purely a retail account that can connect to a particular feature? Is it connecting it to a Woolworths reward platform? You know, think about all all the parts of the financial journey that exists today, and and where do we you know touch money, move money um, that exists? That the opportunity of embedding financial service into that it's, it's huge, and I think um, whilst the trust and the brand loyalty with some of the big five, you say, is very strong, and that has potentially um, hindered some of the potential neo banks. I think the growth of embedded finance and, as you rightly said, banking as a service is, is um, I think, a definitely a growth market to come. And yep. we'll see, we're seeing that a lot across uh, Singapore as well. I know the Investnet URB team are, are heading up to Singapore soon for the Singapore FinTech Festival. And I know that's a huge, we've had many, many conversations around that at the moment. Yeah, the, the Singapore, I think there's also the the one in the US, the Money the Money 2020 um, Festival coming up in a few weeks' time. So it's all all happening. One final question um, before we, we sort of start talking about you a little bit, Tim. <laughs> so get ready. Um, why are you excited about being the country manager of Investnet Yodley at the moment and, and why are you excited about Australian FinTech? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, I think, um, you know, two parts of that question. I mean, why am I excited about the role and I think why am I expanding by the ecosystem? I think in terms of um, the platform that we have today and the capabilities um, that comes with it and our global reach, we're really allowed, we're really well placed to take fintechs who are an Aussie born fintech organization who wants to go global and wants to have the best in class, the most secure, API is available with over, you know, an organization with over 20 years experience doing this. We are, you know, well-placed. And then with our, some of our broader embedded um, finance features now, not only are we also just providing connectivity to data, but we're also providing um, some really good, new, exciting features to help organizations with that part of the journey, which we find extremely mm. exciting. And in the ecosystem, I think, you know, it, it's it's um, the year started off probably very different to where we are now, and we're sat here in in October. I think um, the ecosystem is is booming, whilst the VC taps have dried up a bit. And I think there's lots of organisations who are looking um, that they will invest, but I think obviously some valuations have dropped somewhat where they were months back. I think the growth of the segment has has played very well, even if you think about COVID and our inability to travel both in and out of the region. I think the growth of the segment has, has seen that. And I think you only would have just seen that intersect with, you know, some of the exciting new use cases, looking at, you know, the great stuff people like Maneuver are doing on, the, on Pay2 and looking at some of the really other exciting payments organisations and embedded finance organisations as well. I think you can just see them um, doing that and, you know, the likes of uh, the former guys done at, at Hay and shaping and some exciting stuff they're doing. I think, you you know, you, you can still see huge success stories and growth in the market and that's why we're really excited to, you know, we've been powering some of these organisations for a long period of time and, you know, it's certainly another growth part of the segment for us. Mm. 
No, absolutely. Excellent, Tim. Um, when you're not talking about uh, payments and uh, embedded finance and banking as a service and all the things that open banking, et cetera, that we've, we've discussed, um, when you want to switch off, when you have some downtime, mate, what do you get up to? Yeah, great. Um, look, we love to travel. So me and my partner travel quite a lot when we can. Um, we uh, spend quite a lot of time out, out of Sydney when when um, when possible in the uh, in the Blue Mountains area. So spend quite a lot of time up there in the Blue Mountains, hiking and um, and yeah, switching off. And then also a huge fan of uh, open water swimming and uh, all stuff. So we are trying to uh, trying to pick our, up our open water swimming in time for the uh, in time for the season to get get an, enter into a few races. So um, yeah, yes. right, okay. Yeah. So, so what? Uh, where do you enjoy open water swimming? Or generally any any parts of the the, the Sydney Harbour that's uh, not too shocky. So um, uh, which, 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 which is uh, which is um, you probably get less people in the ocean than you did uh, nine months ago. But uh, yeah, generally any anywhere harbour, eastern suburb side or even. Um, and you're you're talking about being competitive. You're a competitive swimmer. Or is it a casual uh, swimmer? Oh, well, I'm, I'm British, as you can tell, probably by the accent. So I'm certainly, uh, I, I struggle to keep up with the locals. So I, I'm, uh, I, I, we, we, <laughs> I do well against fellow, fellow Brits, but against, uh, like, yeah, certainly not that quick. I certainly won't be, uh, is there a uh, segregated competition? Is there? <laughs> well, I wish there was, I might, I might finish a bit better, but unfortunately <laughs> not. Excellent. And in terms of a ideal travel destination, if you had an open, uh, open checkbook and open time, where would you, where would you disappear to? Oh, it's, well, it's funny you say that. I've never actually ever been to, but my partner has just we booked a holiday actually to, um, and I've never been. I don't know a huge amount about it, but it's, it's very exciting and slightly um, untouched is uh, Vanuatu. So uh, oh, we yeah. have actually oh. got a trip to uh, Vanuatu, coming kind of very soon. So I think uh, they haven't had a huge amount of travel post uh, COVID and lockdowns, etc. So I think um, it'll be interesting, um, yeah, to, to, to travel there and, and see another part of the uh, the world. Oh, mate, absolutely, for sure. It mightn't, mightn't get a huge amount of, um, uh, well, work done there, hopefully not, and re- relax and, uh, and work work uh, work on Vanuatu time, mate. Thanks uh, so much, Tim, for coming and having a chat to to us about what Investnet Yodley are doing in the space here in Australia, a very important um, role that they play and obviously a number of, uh, well-known prominent fintech clients that that use your product uh, congratulations on what you've achieved in your role thus far and, and wish you all the best and look forward to catching up thanks chris and uh thanks for all the work you do i suppose the ecosystem as well it's uh certainly very noticed so uh yeah thanks to yourself as well thanks for your time for more information on sub 11 jump onto our linkedin or email me chris at sub 11.com.au thanks for listening